Hello, everyone. This is Talks with Petri Sol, and I'm your host, Petri. Today, we have a singer, songwriter, composer, and pianist, multi talented Uni with us. Welcome, Uni. Hi. How are you doing? Very good. When did you realize you had a serious talent for music? Mm, I thought. Music is the most fascinating thing since I was uh, very young, like three years old. So, like musical toys were my toys. So I remember you've been telling in the clubhouse room that uh, you you draw a piano. Oh, oh yeah. How did it all start? I almost <laughs> forgot the story already. Yeah, but the thing is, um, I was in the kindergarten. And then there was a piano, but then I just played it there. And it was so nice feeling, but at home I didn't have a piano. So I put, I just draw in a long paper and then I colored every keys and then I played on the piano and then I imagined how it would sound like. And then the next day I played it on the real piano in kindergarten and then It sounded great. Oh, yeah. It sounded like as I imagined, and that was the really fun time. When did you make the connection that you can see the colors and you also have a perfect pitch? Was that from the beginning? The, yeah. The very first time you draw and it was perfect. Yes. Yeah. So uh, my hobby was every sound, which I heard it from the kindergarten bus or like... Um, animation theme uh, songs or TV uh, pop song from music, from TVs, anything which I heard, I always wanted to play and then it comes out as I thought and that was really fascinating. So when you hear something, maybe birds singing, you can mm. easily reflect and do that, yeah. and, uh, reproduce mm. it. Yeah. yeah, and then when I was like seven, And some piano teacher told me that this is called a perfect perfect pitch. And, oh, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you started to also study and, and really become serious. In the... But it took time because actually my parents were more serious about learning other things like mathematics or some normal school subjects. But... One day before I went to the school, elementary school, uh, near my mom's pharmacy, <laughs> there was a piano academy for children. And, oh, there is a piano. And then I just went there. And they can I uh, play piano here? And I was like six years old. And this teacher thought like, okay. <laughs> oh, you then sneaked I, in. Yeah. Without the permission of your parents. Yeah, but then one day this teacher came to my mom's pharmacy and she saw me there. That, oh, you are that kid. So, oh, she always come to my uh, piano school and she play really. She enjoys and then, oh, mom, mom, mom. she was so <laughs> shocked and then she paid and then she sent me this piano academy so I could really have fun. Yeah. And that was the time when you got your first piano as well. Yes. Yeah. So like seven, eight, nine years old. And then there, at that time, we learned all this uh, basic stuff to play piano, basically. 
And then it was really fun for me. How can I learn much faster so that I can really play as I want? This was also really fun time. So what was the hardest part, you know, when you were growing up and, and learning music and playing piano? For me, learning piano was most <laughs> fascinating thing. So at the beginning, uh, we are concentrating how to play piano or how to play both hands separately, something like this. But then after we uh, reach some level that we can play Mozart or Chopin, something like this, then what um, excites me was like, how can I uh, create very beautiful sound? So even though we play the same song at that time, which is written songs, but how can we express more as if we are singing through this instrument? And that was really fascinating thing too, another level of fascination for me. So I always recorded what I was playing and listened to it and analyzed like uh, it's how it sounds different if I breathe more and play this note. The first note. Uh, is it different? Something like that was really fascinating. When was the first performance you did, the live performance? Was it in, in that restaurant? Oh, that was... Yeah, uh, I know a lot of stories, stories about uh, you, need just for the five. audience, because she's been talking in a clubhouse, so I have a yeah. bit of uh, inside knowledge, but, you know, there are lots yeah. of well-known that, stories. Yeah, that was... Uh, uh, whenever I saw the piano, I always wanted to jump on it and I wanted to play it wherever it was, whether it was on the stage, whether it was somebody's house. So I saw the beautiful white grand piano on the stage in a very uh, posh restaurant <laughs> at that time. <laughs> we say posh restaurant when we have to use a knife and fork, you know, not like... Like this. <laughs> so this uh, the restaurant's name was called Atene. It's like a Greece, Greece kind of um, interior and luxury interior. It was nice. And then I was there with my parents when I was five years old. I thought, wow, there's a piano. And then can I play there? Can I play there? And but this uh, stage was quite high, so I was not sure if I could jump on it. <laughs> But then my father asked this uh, uh, manager, uh, and could she play this piano? And then they say yes. And then I played just a Korean national hymn <laughs> anthem. Interesting choice. Yeah, because that was the only one thing which I could play at that time. And then with some small knowledge, I did some reharmonization. <laughs> and then I played it. And then uh, all the um, restaurant guests were happy and they think, oh, cute, and something like that. So did it was you really take any fun. requests or did you improvise already at that stage? Uh, I always try to change something when I play something. And, um, but nobody teach me or taught me how to do it at that time. It was only my uh, game or my own playing. I remember a story where you mentioned that you forgot how you were performing live somewhere and, and, and then you forgot, you know, how the next, how to continue the song and that was pretty much yeah. new. Yeah, that was maybe the first time that I improvised. Actually, I uh, went to uh, 
music school. After my elementary school, uh, there is a very um, really great music like art school in Korea. And luckily, I could study and learn many things about art and also normal subjects too. And there, the good thing was there are many wonderful uh, artistic uh, students uh, around me. So it was really great. And we had uh, every week a concert. So there was a piano, violin, a flute, cello, contrabass, whatever. We all played each week. And this was like 10 people. In one stage, but each person play uh, what they were practicing. So it was really fun time for me. And uh, at that time, what I had to play was a Chopin ballad, and that song was like very uh, repeating kind of thing. This kind of thing, like a canon style, for like more like one minute. But then, oh, how, how I can end? I forgot. And then I was repeating the same part again and again. So <laughs> I thought, but the, the B part was completely another way in this song, Chopin Ballad number two. And then I thought, I will just improvise. I think I can uh, create something with the same, uh, not same harmony, but same rhythm, like da 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 but in another harmony and then I think I made my own cadence finish and then now I can go to the B part so <laughs> but then really funny thing was there was a music teacher she was also uh, watching this performance but she could not recognize it. I thought oh that worked very well <laughs> and that was the beginning of your career in improvisations yeah in in public but at home, I always improvised, but we had no chance to uh, improvise in front of people because nobody uh, don't do this. So when I was at home, I always play something like a Beethoven or whatever. But then I go to my own way, as you listen to many times in Clubhouse. And that was what I was always doing when I was young, too. But I did it only when I was alone. So you're... <laughs> Teenage rebel years were just within the, in your own room and, and without audience in the beginning. Yeah. So. Well, yes, of course, if I do uh, meet my teacher in a lesson, then I should uh, play what I'm learning that improvise. <laughs> yeah. So how was it to be a teenage uh, uh, seriously studying music and also performing and... Uh, also becoming a star. Can you describe something of, of that part of your life? Mm, I really enjoyed to learn deeply about classical music because uh, through this process, we are not only uh, learning how to play better piano, we learn many uh, virtues or values in life, like how to be more uh, serious <laughs> or how about things what I really uh, uh, really want like uh, I want to achieve something or this kind of thing or how to be patient <laughs> to achieve something what I really want because through all this uh, practice and all that 
But also, in a way, it was also, in the other hand, also it was very hard for me because I'm not the person who likes always to follow the rules. But also to competition, something like this. And I was always wondering why we have to always compare this girl play better than the other girl or this boy win something. We all do uh, art. Even if we play all the same uh, Chopin or whatever, but that's kind of cruel for me. <laughs> and I was wondering, is it really meaningful? Even though it's also a good side too, to develop something, wanting more, something like this. But even so, I was thinking that's not really an essence of art. But in that time, it was really a big part of our learning process to so always we had to have a competition with a girl next to me or a boy next to me or a boy or a girl who are not next to me but we are aware of that they are also making amazing much effort <laughs> because i don't know at that time uh, still in korea People are very enthusiastic and very uh, wanting very much. <laughs> Competition is um, a lot. So I really enjoyed uh, when I was alone to be out of this kind of pressure or this kind of thinking. Can you describe a bit of the effort it takes to, to become you know, a talent in your level? How, how how many hours you needed to practice and you know did you have any other life you know the, the social <laughs> life friends and you know the regular uh, student life so to speak you know mm, I think ninety five percent of my life was only thinking about music wow. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I was not socially uh, unable to be with other kids but actually my life was very busy not only me at that time uh, students who were learning piano or violin or whatever instrument they were all busy because after uh, if the school is finished it's already like after 3 p.m and then we go somewhere to do learn more things and also we take a piano lesson or whatever And then we had to practice, but also we had to learn other subjects too. And we had so many um, examinations, so there's not many time left <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time, my wish was like, I want to sleep when I want to feel, go to sleep. So you were like 20 when you... I would say gave up the classical pianist career, but started to also sing and do other stuff. Uh, I was doing at that moment a parallel, like because my uh, major in my university was a classical music as a, my my major was classical piano. So I had to uh, play every semester some songs like a bit of Brahms still. But that was what I was doing in the school. So after the school is finished, then I went to uh, the studio. I write songs with other pop singer or rock musician and 
went to jazz concert also alone, <laughs> whatever, wow. many different things. Something like Kenny Barron came to Korea. And I think that was the first uh, jazz concert, which I saw it in Korea when I was 20 or 19 uh, years old. So as I entered university and then I wanted to uh, ex uh, experience I wanted to exposure myself to many different genres of music so that I can find my own music. So while I was still practicing and learning uh, classical piano, but my mind and my heart was uh, much more in another area of music. I was always searching for other music. And then at that time, my mom also told me, Actually, I'm a big fan of uh, rock music, <laughs> so like Deep Purple and so on, like uh, The Who and Elton John. And she had many uh, LPs from the old days. And we was listening also sometimes together. And then at that time, actually, there was many, uh, this downloading things was also there. <laughs> and then I download many things, and rare videos, rare music. I bought it from Amazon, <laughs> LPs, like mint. Oh, that looks nice. So, But at that time, Amazon was not that popular like nowadays in Korea. So I always had to find and search more and so that I could listen to as much as possible many different kinds of music, like rock and jazz and also progressive music like Floyd. For me, it was like, oh, wow, amazing, something new. <laughs> so was, then you hmm. became like a superstar in, in Korea. You did a lot of things in there. You did at least two records. Uh, you were also uh, in, in the top charts. And like you mentioned, you were also doing, doing stuff for other artists. So mm -hmm. Can you describe a bit you know, that part of your life? Because it came to an end, and we can go to that part a bit later. Yeah, so, I mean, at uh, that time, the daytime, I was in the school play uh, Brahms in front of the professor, <laughs> <laughs> as if I practiced much more than actually it was. But because my heart was somewhere else, not at that time classical music anymore, and um, I was writing pop songs for other artists, and then I made my own album uh, under the name Kiss Piano, it was like my own song and actually I never felt that I was a singer. Uh, I wrote a song for singing, so oh, then I must uh, practice singing too. So <laughs> I sang a song and with my own lyrics and my, I was playing piano also together. And this was started after some singer and songwriter competition. I just was... At that time, was really like wandering around. Where would be my way? Where, where is it? And where I should go? I didn't have a guide in musical way. So I entered this uh, singer and songwriter competition. I saw the uh, placard, uh, so like a big uh, advertisement on the street while I was in the bus. And oh, this sounds interesting. <laughs> and then I entered there and Luckily, I get the first prize. So, wow. And they, they gave me quite a lot of money as a prize money. And after, uh, after I get this money, I did also many good things. 
and it was really fun to see uh, people ask me, oh, what are you talking about in your lyric? Who is that? Or when was it? Something like they are asking me about my own story through the lyric. But if I play classical music, it's uh, from the composer, which we love, but it, it's not my own story. And then I thought like, oh, that's so fun. I think I should write my own story. But the first uh, format which I express my own story was like pop music because I was in Korea and that was most popular way of express ourselves so that naturally I debuted with my own songs and then suddenly I was in a completely another atmosphere area like a TV shows after the really famous rock or rocker and then Kiss piano, and then I had to play my own song, and it was really completely like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of life. <laughs> but uh, my professor in my university was not against it, and she thought it's kind of very interesting. And one day, but I always act like I practiced it very much, <laughs> this Brahms. But she could feel that my heart is somewhere, and then one day I entered this lesson. And she uh, asked me, I heard that you entered this, uh, you would enter this singer-songwriter competition. I heard it from another uh, students. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and can you sing that song? And then oh, I sang in front of her and she really liked it. And she asked me, what will you wear on the stage? Something like this. <laughs> <laughs> because how you look is also important. And so she was really open-minded. So I was really uh, happy. Yeah. So then you started to look outside of Korea as well. Yeah. And after I released second album in Korea, I had a good chance and good luck to meet many different kinds of people from the internet, uh, many great artists, jazz artists, and also just friends, music lover friends like you. <laughs> uh, uh, really music lover and music, um, great musicians from all over the world. So, how, how did you do at the time? You went to clubs? Did you go to MySpace, you know, and online? Yeah, and... My, MySpace was the thing. It was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but also before even MySpace, I also was writing, uh, I had an idea that what would it be if I write a song in English lyrics? Because I've never been to another country until that time. But we grew up uh, listening uh, pop songs. like yeah, British pop songs. Yeah, like uh, British pop songs or American pop songs. And there, at that time, nobody was singing in Korean. <laughs> so... I was wondering if I write a song in Korean, how it would be. And then I uh, wrote some uh, something on the internet site uh, about songwriting forum kind of site. And there some man uh, sent me an email with so many lyrics which he wrote. And then uh, I put my melody on it. And it was always perfectly matching 
and wow. it met, matched perfectly as I did. I didn't have to calculate how I have to write a song. It was just naturally, if I read his uh, lyric, I could put the melody on it. And it just, if I little bit changed the uh, order of the sentence or whatever, then just matched. And then I was so happy. And he was from America. And with him, I uh, made so many songs. And that songs I uploaded on MySpace and many people liked it. And so was that uh, Niles or? Uh, include uh, Niles and also many other great musicians I get to know at that time. Yeah, I recall I read somewhere that you met uh, the four place uh, Bob James and, and mm -hmm. he introduced you to the uh, to the these producers and, and songwriters and basically yeah. kickstarted mm -hmm. you to the European side of the. Okay. Yes, yeah, so could uh, through this uh, great artist with open-minded people uh, also introduced me to great other musicians in Europe. So I could have met Richard Niles and also other great musicians in UK. So I produced an album. Just before we go there, uh, let me just... Uh... Tell to the audience a bit about Richard Niles. So that if, if the name doesn't say anything, I'm just <laughs> taking stuff from his website. So uh, mm -hmm. he's been in, he has a 28 platinum records, the 30 gold records. He's been collaborating, working with Paul McCartney, uh, basically everyone, Tina Turner, Take That, um, DS4 Fears. The list goes on and on. There's like uh, 50, 100 names in there. And, and, you know. <laughs> and uni. <laughs> yeah, and uni. You did, a, you did a, at least one album with him. Yeah. In your bedroom in Korea, in, in Seoul uh, mm -hmm. at midnight uh, yeah. via Skype. Mm -hmm. So I wrote music and he wrote uh, lyrics. Um, and then uh, I decided to produce it in England. So... I went there and we produced a great album uh, with uh, great musicians. The the lineup in this album was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's so, just, it was amazing. And also the, he, he, he actually writes this, the reason I writes this in his website that, mm -hmm. um, let me just code a bit. A couple of years ago, Bob James introduced me to a Korean virtual pianist, singer and songwriter, Yuni. We recorded an incredible album with the finest players. We co-wrote the music and I wrote the lyrics. I arranged mm -hmm. in an area I love, band stylistic, a combo of rock, jazz, classical and funk. What a fun it was to have a pianist with unlimited technique. I could write anything. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, definitely an uh, amazing time in my life. So I could have uh, really, uh, like, how I can say, expand my view in my own musical ability, like... When I was only thinking like this, I think I only can do this. But I was like, more and more, I came out from this X <laughs> in many ways about how I think. Also, many experience give me more also motivation and something like that. So, 
Can you recall the moment when you decided to leave the stardom behind in Korea and start uh, shift to Europe? Actually, after the second album in Korea, I had also another offer from a, another great company in Korea. Then I could make a third album in Korea, in Korean pop style. But I was really wondering what would happen, and I wanted to know what I could make even more in in music, not only Korean pop style. So I just thought I would rather go this adventurous way, and I just went there. So you were like, okay, pop style Korea, check. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> Some people could have started everything like a pop music side much earlier. If, like, um, if I read some biography from Western artists, but I was devoting my time so long time for uh, learning and studying um, classical music. So I wanted to experience everything quick, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And, and you got a lot of success uh, with the first album, the UK album. Yeah. You so, hit the charts, you won some awards, and mm, uh, you were touring in US and, and UK, and you took the British invasion quite seriously. <laughs> <laughs> They made a very nice article about me, and I was very uh, thankful that they saw my music and all my um, effort and challenge, or my music just. And as me, as a musician, uh, they take, took it very positively. And so I was very motivated and thankful and very happy. So and you were also not, uh, it was, uh, first you were a classical style, then you did pop in Korea, and now you're in the chess, uh, you know, the, the modern It's like, a, and... yeah, like a mixed pop jazz, everything mixed. <laughs> yeah. So... I actually recall that in, in your YouTube channel, mm -hmm. there are some videos you did maybe 2009 or something like that when you mm -hmm. went to the, was it go to the recording or something? But, you know, just for the audience to know that there's some food, it's, you know, still maybe you need even don't remember herself anymore. But, you know, that's just a fun to see that, uh, you know, when you were doing the recording and when you're doing the, the UK stuff, that yeah. was happening. That, yeah. that was quite amazing. Mm -hmm. This album is quite uh, not available at the moment because we uh, wanted to re-release that at least in a digital form. But uh, in this year and uh, like springtime, uh, it will be again available. So if it's uh, again available, then I can post it every information about it on my website. Is there going to be some new... Um song so are you going to do something differently there or is it going to be no this is only a re-release and then uh, actually my next step of my new album will be uh, my improvisation album from my uh, concert live concert in germany yeah and you are living at the moment in germany you are not actually in in uk as mm -hmm. you know, so far uh, people who've been listening to us you know would assume Mm. That, you know, we are just, I don't know, halfway through your journey, your musical <laughs> <laughs> journey so far. Yeah. So there's like four albums. Mm -hmm. um, you have uh, achieved quite a lot in the UK already. And, you know, uh, we're five. still like five. 
mm. and we're like 10 years back, 2010s now in, in the timeline, yeah. around that time. Yeah, and now we, and then I went to Germany. So you just completely had, had it, you know, with, with the British way of things and you wanted to go to the countryside of Germany. So it just happened very uh, naturally. And um, while I was doing concerts and many uh, live uh, in England, I met many uh, great people from Germany, uh, some great people from Germany who believes in my music. And they suggested me and offered a good contracts to do music here in Germany. And Germany is also a very big country and in in music also in Europe they are really center and very cultural uh, rich country, cultural land and uh, land country <laughs> so sometimes I mix German and Korean um, English so yeah and it sounds very interesting and actually in Seoul or in England they are mainly focused in London or Seoul but here in Germany I could do many concerts in many other cities and states and that was also interesting too for me and there are many stages for classical side and jazz side so I wanted to again do a next adventure and this time the mainly the most important reason why I could bravely come to Germany was also that I uh, was a producer of my own music so that I don't do something, uh, I'm not sure, kind of thing. I just, just um, I can decide musically and artistically. I was in charge. I am in charge of my things. So, yeah, then it's a good idea. Let's try it. And I came here and learned German. And I yeah, made two albums. And, and you've been <laughs> in TV, you've been in a lot of places. And, and you can actually, the audience can see it also in, in your YouTube channels. And you share things in Facebook. So there's a lot of interviews. There's a... Yeah. A lot of stuff going back way to the 2013. Yeah. So first some years I was uh, spending time actually to make uh, another album. Actually, I had another album which I didn't release at all. And that's in a reserve, we say in German, that's in my drawer. <laughs> it's actually a pop album again, but which is completely produced by myself. Every instrument, every arrangement, and wow. everything. It's like... A, uh, one man band, <laughs> but played by a great German musician. But even so, uh, somehow I had also made another album too. And that album is Jugendstil. This was always... So the pop album, which is not released, came before that? It's not released until now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one day I will release it. But Does it have a name now. already? Um, I have many songs recorded, but I didn't make an album title yet all right yeah but i then at that moment i made that pop album but also i made this classical improvisation album too like beethoven or debussy or brahms bach kind of uh, songs uh, very beloved uh, lovely classical theme i improvised uh, as i want <laughs> and recompose some songs and then I did it with a very, very free mind. 
as if I did it all the time when I was young. Maybe it's a little bit more developed, <laughs> but basically so comfortable, free mind when I recorded it in Berlin. And then we decided to... a studio to album or did you do it live? Yes, studio no. album no. in Berlin. And um, this album I recorded in a uh, studio in Berlin with amazing, great uh, engineer uh, who understands also me very well, what I wanted, something like this. So I had also very, very... Uh, apart from the success of the album or, or apart from the result of the album, I was very satisfied with the album because whenever I listen to the album very, uh, again, still, I feel so comfortable because, yeah, that's the sound that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that was the, was that the album where you were, you know, really picking like the, this is the proper piano for this and, you know, this, this song and you were really like, you know, yeah. perfecting it. Yeah. So even in that album, we mastered like three times. <laughs> Are they still talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> and also I was fighting with, uh, uh, kindly fighting with this great engineer who won many Grammys and think like it's normal. I, I felt like, but I asked him like, uh, Oh, but this frequency, can you a little bit reduce or change something like this? But then, uh, okay, he didn't say it so easily like this. He wanted to test me if I can really see the difference. Yeah, the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so he sent me without the name, just A and B. So you need now you can choose. So I said, definitely A. Uh, please do it. I really like this one much more. Oh, you have golden ears. And then he <laughs> did it. So <laughs> not only the music side, like how to play or how I improvise or what to play, how we recorded was also a big part of the album because even before we went to the studio, I um, think about so many things about the concept of the sound, the piano sound. And then with great help from my own engineer, uh, we was trying many different things for recording. And then, oh, with that kind of concept, just like when you go to a hair salon, you show some picture and then, can you do it like this style? And then some good uh, hair designer will say, oh, and okay, great. I, I know what you mean. And then they do it close to that uh, style. But someone said, oh, this is only a photo or this is a Photoshop. This is all hairstylist just made it. It's not something. But he also tried to uh, make the sound as I wanted. It was really nice collaboration working with him. And then he sent it to me again. This is a master. Oh, before you master it, it was like that. But this small magic is disappeared, I think, because what you did. And oh, I did it with amazing, great machine, uh, like uh, analog something. So I said, I think analog machine is my dream. But I think maybe there is only piano. So maybe can we do it again? And then he sent me again, something like this. So... Yeah, it was really uh, fun and no compromise of what I wanted. And what I wanted is really not easy to explain because it's something abstract, like to describe some sound to explain in a perfect way. It's not that easy. But 
somehow I always had luck that he and also my own engineer who helped me to get that sound, to find that sound, they all can understand what I needed. And they, I said, ah, and they said, ah. So <laughs> it was really good, great experience. And uh, then you did another album, was it straight after the Yeah. Or... Mm -hmm. So the first album, Yugen Still, was uh, inspired by the classical uh, melodies, which I improvised or re rearranged and recomposed. But the next album is called My Piano. And that album is my own composed uh, piano piece. Include improvisation and, yeah. So I was even more nervous and wondering <laughs> how they will judge <laughs> because it's, uh, I was wondering because I never show this big long piano piece which I composed. But I just composed as, the, as I think I like this kind of thing, like a bit rock, but also there's a melody. But the main thing was every song have a story, like a storytelling I had the consequence why I wrote that songs and that was fun for me so whatever they would judge <laughs> um, I thought but it's my story and for example there's a song called The Moment and that, there I was walking on the street after my German course in Würzburg <laughs> and then suddenly I had a crazy back pain And I could not walk anymore. And then someone who was uh, walking on the street had to help me. And then for two weeks, I was like, ah, like this. This is called Hexenschuss in German language. So Hexe is like, uh, Hexe. Like, I don't know. It's really crazy, funny word. Like, a, so you get this back pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like instantaneous. Yeah. So... At that moment, I uh, heard like a kind of unharmonized, uh, unharmonish, unharmonized, uh, not nice uh, chord in my head, like, um, yeah, like a shock. Yeah, almost like a discord. Yeah, discord. Shock moment. So uh, I was thinking, oh, this was what I was listening through my body. So I wanted to write a song with this discord in the beginning. And then also it has to have some uh, groove. And then it came out with uh, very naturally. And then it's called the moment. Because <laughs> I cannot really <laughs> forget that moment. Yeah. The, now everybody knows about that back pain moment. And, yeah. And in the history. Yeah. And also there's a song called Unspot Blues. And I, I, I really love blues. Many people said that they can feel from my music many bluesy atmosphere or elements. But there is Mississippi blues or some other Georgia kind of blues. But I, I thought there will be never Unspot Blues. And this is the area <laughs> where I've always uh, been to because... Um, I always had a Pilates in this city and I love that city. I enjoy that city very much to eat something, going out for shopping, something like that. And in this city, there is a Bach in the middle, this Bach statue, a very old uh, style uh, church. And 
houses look like amazing old, like from fairy tale, a Beethoven style fairy tale. But people look very modern, like you, <laughs> and they look like very modern. So this modern people and this old uh, style uh, environment of the city that was like a really funny contrast for me because I came from Seoul and we see always very high buildings and things like that. So oh, with that uh, contrast, old and new, I wanted to make blues, a bit like Bach, but blues. So I made that song, Hans Bach Blues. And other songs have also many stories like Toccata and Blues. Again, blues and E minor. That has also at that time. Everybody asked me, "Is are you okay in Korea? It looks like something will happen from North Korea or whatever this conflict." And we actually didn't feel that. But if the news always said North Korea, whatever, then of course they think like it's very dangerous. But anyway, it's not pleasant to hear that all the time. So. Why we, do we have to have always conflict? But that conflict is not only in North Korea and South Korea. Everywhere there's conflict. In every, every part of our world, there's always conflict. In the news, there's not always good stories to hear. So I thought with this um, anger about this, how the why world has to be always like this, and, but also a little bit more hope. I mixed it, so Toccata and Blues in E minor. And this was also my song. And I like that song very much. <laughs> when I play that song, I can show this anger. <laughs> <laughs> so every song has a story, and some of them are tales from the countryside of Germany or different parts of Germany as well. Yeah, because I could not uh, talk because there is no lyric. But even so, I can really remember when I wrote that piano song, what I was thinking and what I, what I felt. And that's a really good thing to write a song. And I can see easily that um, the latest Clubhouse events, what you've been doing, you've been improvising, but you've also been improvising in your concerts. So you're asking directly from the audience that, you know, what they feel, what they would like to hear, give, mm -hmm. give you some kind of impressions. You're also picking stuff from exactly from the same day, you know, like, you know, how did you come to the venue and what happened before and mm. you compose it on spot. Can you describe a bit of that improvisation process? And... Yeah, actually, I never thought that I would do the complete improvisation so many times like this but I think I become more and more mm, not embarrassing <laughs> or uh, more and more brave <laughs> I think <laughs> more and more brave will be the right sentence I think because I did the first time an improvisation in Germany in a place called Trepgast. Trepgast is a, some area in Germany and there I did a concert uh, and this how many years 2015, back? I think, after my so first it was like album. So two years to get a bit of courage in Germany and then you started to improve. Yeah, yeah. so after my first album, so after my first album, I did concert and I mainly 
we uh, also played a song from the first album, like a Beethoven improvisation, something like that. Then I get an uh, encore, like a, oh, one more at the end of this encore. And then I thought, I what if I just play completely free without thinking anything, only just what I feel right now? <laughs> And then people really liked it, and I was I I but lucky I had a record, and then, wow, that's really fun. I liked it, and then uh, uh, I talked with my team in my company, and they said, oh, I think you should do it more. You should do it more. Uh, really? Ah. And then I get more and more um, brave, <laughs> braveness, <laughs> and then yeah, because when I do alone, it's a uh, very natural. But yeah, you, you mentioned concert. that you've been doing from the from the you know from the childhood basically. Yeah. You know, recording and then yeah. revisiting it then. Mm -hmm. So now it's just I, you do it in public. Yeah. It's basically the same thing, but just mm -hmm. in public. But then I wanted to uh I but I think it's like a compos composition. Like I do it in a real time composition. And when we do compose, we have to tell the story. And there is nothing given, like no given chord structure or no rules like where do where you have to go and after distance. There's nothing given. And also I have no other musicians around me. So I feel like I'm completely naked. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, um, that's really fun for me. This uh, gives me adrenaline <laughs> and I can really remember that moment. The people who was who were there, because um, then I thought to improvise. Uh, if I just blah 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 blah, whatever it comes out from my finger, it's really meaningful. And maybe it's like I only can um, satisfy myself. That's uh, my feeling. But I wanted to feel with the people together. Then I was thinking like, oh. What is the element that exists only today or right now or on that day? So sometimes I said, oh, I had a concert in Bonn and I always uh, went to the concert place with a car. But in this place, there was too many traffic, so I could not do it. So from the hotel, I took a um, tube. I took a tube alone. But I never took a tube alone in Germany. And my team and my uh, crew were all in the concert place already. And I was alone in the hotel. And they uh, supposed to come to me and pick me up and bring there. But they could not come because it's just crazy, the traffic. And then, oh, you can come with the tube. And then I, it was a very not too long journey, but it was for me very new. And then as soon as I was in the stage, you know, uh, it was a journey in Bonn and something like that. So I would use the story like that to as an improvisation source for compose songs. And also somebody on the day, I was very happy to come to the concert hall. And then I heard very sad news from my colleague and their uh, child, uh, newborn baby was uh passed has passed away so that's so shocking because they were really expecting kids and i it let me think so much thing about death and life 
And in Korea, we say if somebody's died, then somebody's born, something like that. And I could not get away from that kind of inspiration. Then I improvise about death and life, for example. Or, and then I thought it doesn't have to be always from my uh, story. And then I also asked people, is there any good idea? And to compose another exist song like oh play take five not like that <laughs> and then always audience gave me an amazing interesting subject to compose like the full moon or whatever we could feel together but most funny uh, request for me was jungle somebody just said jungle what oh we are in the palace now but you say jungle <laughs> So, okay, then we are now in jungle. So I will thinking I would uh, compose uh, and I will imagine as if I'm in jungle, something like that. And that's uh, recorded uh, nicely and you can watch it also on YouTube. But there are so many moments that I didn't upload it anywhere. It's recorded. But all these musical moments are recorded and the next album will be this uh, improvisation. Uh, live album so i have to choose from many concerts for the album yeah that's what you say that there's so so many things to choose from and, and so so much so i was suggesting i think in one of the rooms that you know hey just call it a you know, playlist and just you know let yeah. people decide <laughs> vote <laughs> they can vote <laughs> yeah cd is limited format you can only have yeah. a, you know so many minutes in there mm. playlist is limitless mm. so you have like a hundreds or thousands of hours of recorded music yeah. unpublished. Yeah. So, so this year we will be lucky and we're going to have at least two albums or is it three albums? I already lost count. Uh, I hope I can make it at least one album and uh, re-release album from the old days and I will see what I can do more. I have so yeah, many things. So pop album now. <laughs> <laughs> one day I've been waiting patiently so long maybe it's time yeah maybe pop side of you <laughs> yeah I haven't heard that too much the take five side I've heard a bit and I, I think mm -hmm. people love that as well the David Propex thank you version you did a few, that's few amazing back, back. song yeah as, yeah as that man uh, suddenly asked uh, five and I could not avoid because it said it very, very loud. <laughs> so, oh, I never played it, but okay, I will try it. And I did it. <laughs> so it was first time you you never played it. Yeah, I never played it because it's too in, in famous. Public or never played it. Never played it because it's just too famous. It's sometimes if something's too famous, then I didn't think like I want to practice it because it's already so many times played. And I always also like to find something, oh, this is so nice, but I think people will not know this one. This is also my taste also. So, yeah. But I oh, also... Sort of, oh. It sounds quite brave if you'd never played yeah, that's, in, that's, know, in, in that's private and, and then you go alive and you do it. And, you know, if, if you're expecting yourself to do it a bit better than you have to be a certain level and... Yeah, well. that's the really <laughs> braveness and... And if it didn't work well, then it didn't work well, but I did it. 
because I think that's life. We, uh, I think, always just to show something, I prepare perfectly and show the best thing. That's also a really great form of art. But I wanted to do some other kind of art that we all experience something new, like. So I I also want to surprise myself, and but it, there's no guarantee that it will always work, and that's why it's very risky. But that's why also I feel more adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a perfect loop. You know, you were like the doing the pitch perfect mustard album, and mm. then you just improvise totally on spot without any you know any preparation anything and, and see what comes out mm. has there been a moment when you were on stage that you, you sort of hit blank and there's like you know you don't know what to do next or you know there's just something happens on the stage you're like okay i'm all alone here and uh, i'm not exactly sure what should i do next or you know there's some moments you know you're, you're a bit i don't know i had always uh like after a while, I didn't have any more set list because a set list means uh, what I will play today as a program. First set and intermission, second set, sixth song in the first set, second song, a second set, this sixth song, something like this. Sounds like your teenage years. Like normally every concert have yeah, a yeah, set list. Yeah. It's, it's like preset yeah. already. It's yeah. almost you mm -hmm. know, like done so, before yeah. you, you start. Mm -hmm. But in that way, I don't surprise myself uh, as much as I wanted. So I thought mm, after a while, I do not uh, use so much uh, this uh, set list before the concert. And I just went there and I just made uh, really everything like not only improvisation itself, but I really do it spontaneously as it comes to my mind as a concert. Because like when we talk, we are not only preparing everything. So I also don't know what you will ask me. So in that way, but when I play alone, nobody asks me something. So I have to ask myself. <laughs> so then, oh, let me see what I uh, answer. So everything in that moment comes to my mind. And as I uh, had a concert in Elb Philharmonie uh, last year, no, already 2020. So uh, that was March. I was very uh, overwhelming for me because, wow, El Firamuni, that's a nice place. Everybody was talking about that place and I, I was very happy. But then I we, also the piano was amazing, great piano style way and was really so light. It was very light to play the keys and then it made me really flying. And then I felt really like... Uh, a living room. I felt so close to people and they always gave me a new idea to compose and like improvise. So this take, it took like almost three hours a concert and that was <laughs> so long. And, but we was all like, what will happen? What will happen? And then we could not really feel the time. Only the crew was like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it was all recorded and uh, the result was really uh, great so I think the next album could include that uh, part also so at least three hours is going to be released now 
No, not three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I sing sometimes too. So I feel like uh, if I compose, it's not like uh, blah, 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 uh, anything. What I what it comes to my finger, uh, blah blah, touching. It's not like that. It's really I feel amazing, much connection from my uh, brain, my heart. And I'm really somewhere. And after the concert, I'm really literally like fainted, like, <sighs> like this. Because so, so much, some, uh, my brain or something is really somewhere amazing much energy from here more than here or my body. So, and then after the improvisation, then I sing. Then it's more comfortable. <laughs> because when I sing my own song, then... It's also very comfortable. And also one day in Berlin, I did a vocal improvisation, include lyrics, and it was even also more fun. It was even more risky, but I really liked it. That came from Clubhouse, actually, because in this Corona time, I did a Clubhouse and many times. And it was for me really fun to... Uh, know many new people, interesting, inspiring people, and also and a lot of musicians in your rooms. You know, yeah, you first time start to chat with them, and there's later yeah. so so it's really challenging. Yeah, yeah. and it was really imagination playing, imagination game, and listening and communicate with the imagination, and because we don't see them, also the audience. Or, or the speakers or listener, we don't see them. We just imagine there must be someone from Hamburg. There must be someone from Estonia. We are all in different places, but it was so fun and inspiring. And they are all individual, interesting individuals. So I used some stories as a lyric. It was so comfortable there because there I didn't have so much pressure to show off or I don't have to wear something. They are not watching me. So comfortable. We only listening and, and it came out. And then bravely enough, I did it in concert on the stage. And <laughs> I felt I liked, I think more and more I uh, leave my um, heart a little bit less. Like, I want to show really perfect things, something not like this, really more comfortably. Something unexpected, good thing came up from me. And also people liked it. And I liked that. In the previous episode, I was talking with Pierre Stanislas. And he was talking, I think, uh, I also named the episode called Happy Coincidences. Yeah. And, and uh, Magic moment. Yeah. Magic moments happens exactly. Yeah. I remember so many moments in your uni's piano salon, you can find it in, in Clubhouse, where artists start coming in and mm -hmm. you start to play and, and more people are coming in and they're joining and, you know, it's, yeah. you never know what's going to happen there. Yeah. I really like to uh, surprise myself and that's really fun. So when I feel fun, I think mostly people also feel fun. <laughs> that's how I experienced so what's next you've been doing so brave things that are there anything left any other brave things still do you know discover any uncharted <laughs> territories left maybe i will change my <laughs> profession 
<laughs> Are there any good candidates for that? No. At the moment, not. <laughs> you just one day dump all your music and say, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara so long. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are really doing that. Some musicians. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, maybe it, you know, it's sometimes you need just a bit of break and do some other stuff to find the inspiration. Yeah. Uh, but I really think of music all the time. But I am interested and curious about many other things in the world too. So, as you also talk to me, uh, top us too. Um, I'm not only interested in music, I'm interested in general many things. So who knows what we'll bring in the future. How, how does the, is there any difference in the audiences and also your style has changed? So has your audience changed? Can you describe something about your career and also the times have been changing? So now there's Clubhouse, there's different ways to actually experience music, mm -hmm. you know, going back to the Sony Walkmans. And, and the different ways of doing stuff in the with MySpace and and tapes and LPs. I mean, you mean the audience side? Yeah, in the audience side and also from your artist side. Is there um, some, something what you really miss from the old days and something is really good these days? Because, you know, there's a lot of new stuff also happening nowadays. There's NFTs and whatnot, you know, happening as well. So the whole area is changing as well obviously. yeah um i think basically when i was young younger um not european or western people uh, were uh, aware of uh, korean culture so much like nowadays squid game <laughs> yeah like <laughs> korean dramas and k-pop things so i think it's really uh very interesting and what I felt is basically what we feel it's great then they also feel it's great whatever language it is I see also for for example Netflix then even if I don't understand the language at all like a Danish drama who would understand Danish language but if it's good then it is now says 20% <laughs> So if it's good, then it's good. So uh, I think music is especially the universal language. So I think even if I would sing in Korean, if they uh, feel something, it fits, uh, resonates their heart, then I think audience would like it. And I experienced it a lot of times in um, Western uh, world too, like uh, while I was in Europe. So I think it's just the journey about finding my own music. And just at that period of my life, if I'm into that thing, then it's that thing. And then just like that, I can remember my 20s or something like this. So just like it's my journey. So audience are always nice. <laughs> What is your favorite word? Mm, essential or essence? Which one? Essence. It's a noun. 
what is your least favorite word? Mm, rules. What turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally? Mm, can you say it again? What turns you on creatively, mm. spiritually or emotionally? Interesting people or my uh, state that I am so bored so that I want to break that state. <laughs> what turns you off? Mm. When some people compare always with others. What is your favorite curse word? Scheiße. I don't think we will translate that. Scheiße is German curse word, which I learned when I was in a high school. It was the first German word I learned. <laughs> Very common German, a sweet uh, curse word. Compared to Korean curse word, it's just like nothing. <laughs> so what's the Korean equivalent? Mm. It sounds too brutal. <laughs> More sexual way, like fuck. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? My rice cooker said, my rice cooker is talking. And at the end of the time, uh, they said, now your rice is finished. Please open and steer the rice. That's my favorite sound. <laughs> <laughs> and also some nature sound. What sound or noise do you hate? Mm, can I say more than one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's your choice. Mm, like a TV sound, which I'm not watching, or consciously, consciously, or untuned piano. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm, movie director. I would like to experience many other jobs actually. So it was really nice question. Like movie director or painter, anything which creates something um, like uh, author for like for writing books <laughs> or so you have to pick one what would be the movie director what profession would you not like to do mm. working in a company <laughs> every day in a office kind of work like in Japan they say salaryman Mm, salary man. Mm. If you could be a co-founder of any startup in any era, which one would you choose? So it means I can create a new startup. Oh, if you would like to found a one, it mm. can be something from the past as well. Uh, if I could be a venture founder, then I think... As if I could be in the future, and as if the time travel is possible, 
then I would be, uh, I would like to do a concert booking agent. But uh, as the time travel is possible, so I can be a booking agent for many different eras, artists. So I can. So you would like to go to the past or you would like to go to the future? A future, so that the time travel is uh, possible. So, for example, I arrange a concert, then I can book a musician from the past. So Beethoven can be there too. I can bring him here. Oh, I see. So you're making people to travel between ages. Yeah. Come together. Yeah. So like Michael Jackson and uh, who is it? Uh, Beethoven, everybody can come to here and we can do all concerts. So in my booking agency, the musicians are not only from these days. <laughs> that will be so fantastic. <laughs> but I know that's not possible, but uh, it will be great if it's possible. Maybe it's somewhat possible with some technology. Obviously, it's not exactly like that, but there yeah. are some ideas. We can... And also, I would like to invent. I would like to invent a new type of piano. So, because... Uh, TVs or radio or internet, uh, cars, they are all developed in the last 100 years so much. The piano looks so same. So, so what's wrong with the piano? What needs to be improved? Uh, for example, I would like to test uh, many different pianos for performance. So it was my imagination while I, I am playing this piano. I can get some good energy from the piano, so it's really good for my, the player's uh, health from some... Uh, isn't that called electric piano? Uh, not electric, maybe. Some good health <laughs> is coming to me. And if I touch when I play it, then uh, some good bioceramic kind of energy comes to me through uh, by touching these keys. The white one and this black piece gives me some good frequency for my body. So if I play this piano, I become more healthier. Something like this, another concept of piano. Or just like if you go to dentist, then this chair, you if you sit, then they always go back. So this chair, piano chair, is always separate. But they can be together, so somehow... I can zzz like this, so I can play even if I am uh, lying down. I guess the the chair is easier to accomplish. You know that could be properly done even this year. Then, then this um, key have to also move with the chair at the same time, because if right. key is always here, then I always have to sit properly. But I saw uh, other instruments of player; they can also play while they are on the bed. For example, on clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, saxophone is Sex for example. Saxophone, yeah. guitar, or trumpet, anything uh, they can play while they are lying down on the bed or sofa or sing. But if I have to play piano, I have to always sit here with a microphone. I'm so fixed. Then I thought this will be nice. I thought you have to draw the keyboard again. Mm -hmm. So together with a chair. Any final words for the audience? Or you can even improvise because you have a player <laughs> next to you. <laughs>
Now, our bar here is so, so narrow uh, uh, with so many things. So <laughs> it's a bit difficult to play something. I don't know, the sound is not so great now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds perfect, and uh, you can even sing if you like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> really short one, as if uh, we talk amazing much. Top Wow. <laughs> That's the new outro, I guess. So it could be even the <laughs> intro. <laughs> if you allow me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Yuni, for yeah, so much your brilliance today. It was a lot of fun to talk with you and, and hear your Thank journey, you. your braveness and uh, your artistic journey with this still in the beginning i hope you're not Thank dumping you. all the music to to us in one day and just uh, become a... i want to uh, leave 1000 years so i hope this is a beginning <laughs> of the journey oh then we're like in the infant <laughs> mode yeah still <laughs> yeah 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 and thank you for the audience as well for joining us today. Please follow Uni. You will find her in YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, even live, hopefully, sitting near you. Mm -hmm. And uh, till next time.